Happy Atheist Day, everybody. <laughs> Saying that the, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. So, April Fool's Day. Right. You almost wonder if God wanted to say that when uh, Jesus came up out of the tomb. It's like, oh, you thought you killed me. April Fools. Here I am. So, yes, that, that that will be my Easter joke for today. So, all right. Well, Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us. Uh, loving kindness and goodness and faithfulness. God, you have blessed us immensely that you've watched over us God, you led our steps God, and every time we've needed you God, there have you been and we just pray that this morning that you would uh, prepare our hearts to receive your word God, that you would fill us with a sense of expectation of uh, hearing what you have to say this morning God, and to uh, really receive from you the things that you have for us today God, as only you can do. In your righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. Go with me to Isaiah 40. I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago um, this thing I read once that said that uh, the job of a preacher is to uh, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. So, both are equally fun for different reasons. <laughs> Mostly I prefer the uh, comforting the afflicted part, though. That's uh, feels better, anyway. Yeah, well, and there's, you know, it's precious because um, years and years and years ago, I was going through this really ridiculously difficult thing, and... And God gave me the scripture in First uh, Corinthians chapter one, where He talks about uh, being comforted with the comfort that we ourselves are comforted with. And there's something about God talking to you, and 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 uh, giving you something to stand on, and giving you a testimony of how He comes through for you. That um, you know, when when somebody else is you, is dealing with the same type of thing. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I feel anxious to help them. It's like I want to, you know, tell them. It's like, well, here's here's what I know about that, and um, it, and it's it's precious because as we go through those things, it feels so pointless at the time. In the moment, it's like, so why are we doing this again? Uh, you know, kind of like what my brain is saying to me every morning when I walk in the gym. Why are we here again? And it's like, well, because because I'm going to drag you in here whether you like it or not. Um, but uh, um, I, I really like Isaiah 40. It's a really great chapter. Um, Lord willing, I'm probably just going to read the whole thing here. Um, I mean, Isaiah is just a great book. You know? And and I, I love how chapter 40 is coming off of these uh this story of um, um, God uh rescuing Jerusalem from uh, Assyria and uh um, really uh putting the smack down on Sennacherib. I love the things that he says to him 
because yeah, he because he because he tells Isaiah he's like I'm going to put a hook in his in his jaw or whatever he says it. And he's like I'm going to take him back to his own land. And he's going to die there. You know, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, Isaiah or uh, Hezekiah doesn't uh, make such a great showing in in uh, chapter 39, but. Uh, I think that makes it all the better that he goes from that story into this this third kind of division of this book and starts going and he starts out talking about comfort. I mean, you know, the the first half of Isaiah is to me uh, a little dark with with some really great hope in it, and then then you have this really awesome story, and then the last half is mostly just really bright and hopeful. So it's a really encouraging book. Uh, so in chapter 40 and verse 1, he says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, or speak to the heart of Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for her sins. And also the, uh, here in the margin for the word warfare, it says the appointed time is accomplished. You know, and it's uh, and it's precious because we go through tough things, and and I think I just talked about this last week, but we don't know when that appointed time for this thing to be over with is. Sometimes going through difficult things is like uh, uh, being a kid on a road trip. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, and uh, um, it's. Uh, um, it's a it's a comforting thing to know that, that the things that we go through, just like Joseph in the dungeon, that there is this appointed time that that these things come to an end. Um, and and of course here, you know, he talks about um, you know having received the Lord's hand double for all our sins. You know, um, you know, because God He forgives us, but you know, there's often consequences for the things that that we go through, things that we do, but. Um, one thing that I li- really like about this is that um, a lot of times we want to go on um, flogging ourselves for our mistakes and, and just continually um, remembering them and, uh, and, and looking at, at everything in our life through this lens of, well, there was this one time that I did this thing. And... Uh, uh, and it's funny because um, I know I've done that a lot, and I and I talk to people, and it's funny because when you when you kind of get a glimpse of how other people look at you versus how you look at you, it can be really enlightening. And uh, I think a lot of times, depends on the context. I think there's probably a good fifty-fifty shot that the way other people see you is more accurate than the way you see yourself, perhaps, <laughs> or at least more in line with the way that God sees you. But uh, uh, in verse 3, he says, The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And every valley should be exalted, every mountain and hill should be made low, the crooked should be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord should be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And of course, you know, this is, uh, uh, this is what uh, John the Baptist told them when they said, Who are you? 
And they said that he was the, the, the one crying in the wilderness. And, uh, um, you know, it's, we do the same thing uh, in our generation. This, this sense of going forth and, and uh, everywhere we go, people see in us, they, they behold the Lamb of God. Just like, and that's what John said, said behold the Lamb of God. Um, so that's a great thing. And I love, um, how, how God said, uh, how lovely on, uh, on the mountains are the feet of them that bring good news because it doesn't always feel like, um, uh, like you're getting anywhere. It doesn't, it's, uh, it's really tempting to look at everything around you and see, uh, well, how am I doing? How is this going? Um, and uh, there are some things in life that you can see instant results. We all like that, especially as Westerners. We're totally um, conditioned to want it now. I, I saw this thing the other day about um, had like this somebody is like a little gift or something of somebody with just this look of incredulous impatience, just like oh my god, really? And it was like uh, I ordered something on Amazon Prime and had to wait two days to get it. You know, uh, it's like. You know, we have come to this point where it's like, okay, I clicked the button, I want it now. So people are trying to figure out how they can deliver stuff to you with a drone, you know, so you can have it now. So so we like to see results, and we like to see it now. And uh, um, so much of life is just not like that. You know, things, lots of things take time. You know, like the old the old saying says, good things come to those who wait. You know, and I mean, uh, and I think if you've ever, you know, like lifted weights, that's a great example. It's like, you know, you, uh, you know, you limp out of the gym, you can't really wash your hair, and you're you look in the mirror the next day, and you're expecting to look like Chris Hemsworth, and no, not so much. You still look like you did before you went in there. It takes time, and uh, uh, so. You know, farming would be another great example. You can't plant something and then be and then dig it up to see well, what is it? You know, is it growing? Because you're, you're going to ruin it. So, um, uh, uh, you know, it makes me think of Jeremiah because he he had this message from God, and God told him from the outside, He's like, they're not going to hear you, but you're you're going to you're going to give this message anyway, and. Uh, so, so Jeremiah couldn't look at the message that he brought, or he couldn't look at the results that he got from the message he brought as an indicator that things were going well for him. You know, and you and you see as you read his book, he's very discouraged at the lack of reception that he gets. But I I know that he knew he was doing what God told him to do. And so, if you're doing the thing that God tells you to do, then, and I've had this conversation with people before, it's like, well, you did what God told you to do, right? Well, yeah. Well, then what else are you supposed to do? It's like, well, I, I just thought that it would do this. It's like, well, yeah, maybe. But but honestly, if if you did what God told you to do, then you leave the results to Him. You know, because Paul said that... Uh, you know that uh, you know one plants and one waters. You know, and, but it's God that brings the increase. So um, uh, it's uh, you know God has set us up to work as uh, as a unit, as a team. 
uh, when Mike and I used to uh, actually paint stuff together, we had like a really good system going. Mike would get the stuff ready, and and I would paint it because I didn't have the patience to get stuff ready. And so he would just be like, okay. And then we'd have somebody come work with us. And he'd be like, okay, so Greg's like the doctor who doesn't want to do anything other than just the doctor stuff. Or it's a waste of his time to do anything other than the doctor stuff. So we're going to let him play doctor here. We're going to do all the piddly nurse stuff. And he's going to come in and you know do the thing that lasts five minutes that makes all the money. So um, I never quite got paid like a doctor when I did that. But... Um, then again, I didn't also didn't have this crushing amount of debt either. But um, thank you, John. So um, let's see. Where was I? Verse six. And the voice said, "Cry." And he said, "What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the spirit of the Lord." Because the Spirit of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people is as grass. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. So that's, you know, pretty self-explanatory. You know, the, the things that, that uh, of today are, are just today. The, the things that, um, that are temporal and, and so urgent today are really not eternal things. And and those things uh, are just like this this flesh, just like this grass that it just withers. Um, you know, uh, when I was a kid, my dad always used to uh, say that I was grass and he was the lawnmower when I was in trouble. So, <laughs> so yep, it's good stuff. Okay, and and I, I always think of that when I read that. It's like I always think all flesh is grass and God's the lawnmower. So, just giving you a little glimpse into all these things that I'm having to push aside so I can actually say what I meant to say. Uh, let's see. Uh, verse 9. O Zion that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid, and say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. So... I like it that he's talking about saying this to the cities of Judah, you know, because you wouldn't think that you would get discouraged. You wouldn't, you know, just in general, you wouldn't think Christians would feel discouraged. But we so do. And uh, it's like that's kind of one of those notions that we start out with that really soon we find out, well, maybe not so much, you know, but... Uh, but it's a precious thing that God puts people around us to encourage us, and and he, and, he, and and here it's like, um, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, when I when I come to church, I, I'm usually really hoping to be encouraged, and um, and even if I am challenged, I'm still encouraged because he's talking to me, so that's good, and and uh, and just having been here, and. and you know, been in the the presence of God with the saints of God is always an encouraging thing. Um, uh, behold, the Lord your God will come with a strong hand, and His arm shall rule for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him, and His work is before Him. And He shall feed His flock like a shepherd, and gather the lambs with His arm, and carry them in His bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. 
you know, sometimes it's easy in just the hustle of everyday life to forget that God really is that nurturing, and he's, that He's that loving, um, that uh, that He would gather His lambs in His arm and carry them in His bosom and gently lead them that are with young. You know, because when you, uh, if you've ever gone somewhere with uh, a group of children, you can't go near as quickly as you could if it was just a bunch of adults. It, it takes a while. And there's, you know, the, the pace is slower, there's lots of stops, and, uh, um, but the journey can be a lot more fun because kids are awesome. So, um, um, but you know, so oftentimes, you know, we we forget that um, you know that we belong to Him like that. That that He has uh, adopted us. Uh, we were just talking uh, the other night uh, at the Bible study at Mike's house about being adopted and how if you are adopted then the person that adopts you uh, takes a real legal responsibility for your welfare and the things that you need. And um, God really does that for us. He takes on Himself the responsibility and the burden of our welfare. And we forget about that because we feel like we should just uh, just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and soldier on. And there is a time for that, and He teaches us that. Uh, but he's not unmoved by the difficult things that we go through, and he's not, um, and he's not um, unmoved by the the uh, the pain that we feel emotionally by the things that we go through. Um, now, I don't know what your Bible says here, but uh, I really like the uh, the heading in mine. It says Israel's incomparable God. Uh, above this next section. He says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with a span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance? Um, A week or two ago, we went to the Cosmosphere in Hutchinson, and it's really cool. It's really fun. The best part was this really excitable scientist guy that was blowing stuff up. That was really fun. Um, but uh, um, I've always been really fascinated with astronomy and stuff just because I love the scale of of the universe. The, you know, the stuff that God made and how immensely vast it is. Uh, it, in, incomprehensibly large. You know, and, and how God says He fills heaven and earth. And, and that's always been a, an encouragement to me, but to and and then when you when you kind of boil it down to just just our little planet here it's still awfully big uh compared to just little you and little me uh and yet uh he has he he has the the dust of the earth uh measured out and and he knows all these things he's weighed the mountains and scales i mean all this stuff, and and he he makes sure that the Earth keeps spinning at its nice normal rate that it does. He keeps the moon at the right. I mean, he just sets this stuff up, and it works perfectly. I, I know we talked about that a lot around here, but um, it's such an encouragement to know because 
He's he's got all these big things right. under control, and and so he has our lives under control as well. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor has taught him? Well, I I've tried. Like you know, God, this would actually be a really great idea. Like here's my idea, and here's why this is good for you. You know, and uh, I'm you know. If, if if you have ever had uh, my son try and convince you of something, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He gets those little eyebrows going, and he's explaining to you, this is good for you, and here's why. You know, and, uh, I mean, I was trying to tell him that we weren't going to do something that he was really kind of hoping for, and he's like, but consider this. <laughs> and went on to you know, plead his case. Um, so, I swear, when he gets older, I'm going to have to hire him as a salesman. So, actually, I wish I could do it now because he's so darn cute and it's so much harder to tell him no. It's like, hi, I'm Jeremy with Absolute Painting. It's like, it's like this is going to be $50,000. Sold. You know. But, yes. No. Um... um but no, you know, we I, we all have this idea sometimes, like, you know, God, this would be like the best thing ever. And he's like, well, yeah, probably, but I have a better idea, or <laughs> or I have an idea that would perhaps be more beneficial to you in the long run, maybe not as fun. You know, that's that's what daydreams are for. So <laughs> I used to, uh, I went through this kind of phase when I worked for Kevin, where I would just. So burnt out on my job, but I was so good at it that I could just kind of turn my brain off and just do it because it was so repetitive. And uh, I just I would daydream all day long. You know, I mean, I was like not even there. You know, and then but at the end of the day, it was like I would get to the end. It's like okay, so so here's my here's the 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 thing that my daydream was building toward all day long, and but and then what? It's like oh well. Back to real life, I guess, and uh, and then the next day I would start all over again. Uh, but but you know, uh, um, it's precious here because you know we sometimes, you know we we just we just wish we knew why God did a certain thing or why something was going on in our life the way it is. And sometimes you know he's he's good enough to let us know, you know, and sometimes he doesn't want us to know. Because it forces you to just trust him. Uh, with whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and who taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he takes up the isles as a very little thing. Excuse me. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. And I like that because he always uses Lebanon to talk about these these majestic forests and these humongous trees. I, I kind of picture something like the redwoods, which I'd, I think would be really cool to see someday before they end up underwater. But, uh, uh, but he's like, you know, that's not enough wood to burn and that, that all the beasts of the field are not sufficient enough to, to make an offering big enough to uh, to be commensurate to how great he is. 
All the nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. And I like that because nations, um, people, you know, leaders, and, and sometimes just uh, just little people like you and me, sometimes we feel like we're a really big screaming deal. You know, like like I don't know if you've ever seen that, like those shirts or whatever it says, like I'm kind of a big deal, you know. This, you know, we we feel that way. Um, I, I I read this great article once of all these these stories of people who would uh, they would go into an establishment and just act like a complete jerk because they expect everybody to kowtow to them, and then when when the, when they didn't get any extra special service beyond what anybody else was getting, they're like, "Don't you know who I am?" You know, and uh, uh, and I, I wish I could remember some of them, but all of these instances were something where the people that worked there had really, really great things to say. Like like somebody's going to have to wait for an hour for a table. It's like, don't you know who I am? It's like, yeah, you're the guy that's going to sit down and wait for an hour for your table. <laughs> it's like... Um, but, uh, um, you know, God makes us... He builds us up and He makes us feel really special and, and it makes us feel like we're we are so loved. And we are. But it's precious too to know that, um, you know that that he's he's so vast and and we're so small. To me, there's a great deal of of comfort in that. That like I'm I'm just me, and I belong to him, and that's that's good enough for for me. Uh, and to whom will you liken God, or with what likeness will you compare unto him? The workman melts a graven image, and the goldsmith spreads it over with gold and casts silver chains. And he that is so impoverished that he has no oblation chooses a tree that will not rot, and seeks unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sits on the circle of the earth. And the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreads them out as a tent to dwell in. So for everybody who still believes that the earth is flat, it does say he sits on the circle of the earth right there. So I can't believe that's still a thing. Um, I know. Say exactly. And if it's three-dimensional, it is a sphere. Yes, exactly. Um, so that's I don't know I just I love it that's good stuff but he but he's talking about you know have you know how could you, you know, what would you compare God with it's it's uh, I, I I use the the whole phrase you know comparing apples to apples all the time when I'm talking to people um, and because uh, it's just kind of part of what I do but. There, there really, any comparison that you could make with God in it is going to be apples to oranges. There, there is no apples to apples comparison with God. And uh, uh, verse 23, he says, uh, that brings princes to nothing, makes the judges of the earth as vanity. That's especially encouraging. Going, you know, I know nowadays the. Uh, Princes and judges and so forth all seem to think that uh, they're kind of a big deal, like you said. 
Yea, they shall not be planted, they shall not be sown, and their stalk shall not take root in the earth, and he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who created these things, that brings out their host by number, and he calls them all by names by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one fails. Why sayest thou, Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? You know, and it feels like that sometimes. Um, you know, and I, I like how he's not—he doesn't say, "Don't say this." He's saying, "Why did you? Why would you say that?" Because, um, you know, one thing that um, I have learned about dealing with people is that, um, you know, regardless of our intentions, we have to deal with the way people feel. Regardless of what, you know, if even if they see something um, uh, maybe in a skewed type of view, you still have to deal with them from the perspective of, well, this is how they feel. You can't just say, oh, well, that's just, you don't feel like that. You know, and uh, um, and that's, you know, it goes back to what I said at the very beginning about, you know, being comforted with the comfort that, that uh, comforting others with the comfort that we've been comforted with. You know, there's nothing so hollow as trying to to tell somebody you you know how they feel or or uh, or commiserate with them if you can't identify at all with the things that they're going through. And uh, uh, but on the other side of the coin, if uh, if you're talking to somebody and you know exactly what it is they're going through and you know exactly what it feels like to be in that place, then that's an entirely different matter. And uh, so, so God says here that, well, why? So, why do you say that my way is hid from, that your way is hidden from me, and that your judgment is passed over from me? And and it feels that way when things are don't seem to be going our way. It's like, well, it's like, oh, you know, I just, I don't know, I just my pathway just seems so dark, and uh, and I just, I'm not sure. You know, where where God is at right now, or or what, or where I'm at, or uh, or what's going on here. Um, and he says, "Have you not known?" Verse twenty-eight. Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary. There is no searching of His understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increases strength. So I love it because he he asks you know well, why why do you ask that, but then he doesn't he doesn't say I know exactly where you are, and he doesn't say I, well here is your judgment. He 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 brings it back to him. He's like look at me and the the transcendent power and glory that I am. And uh, he said you know I don't faint, I don't grow weary. And uh, if, if you're growing faint, uh, I give power to the faint. If you have no might, I, I increase strength to the people that have no might. 
which is a is a really great thing because God puts us continually through our lives in these places where we uh, the the might that we have is not sufficient to what we need to do or what we need to deal with that that our stamina if you will is not equal to what we the task before us and and that's how that's how he he makes us grow um you know when you uh you know that that's how that's how you grow muscles you you actually tear them up and and you you push them beyond what they could do and they adapt to it and and, and they they heal back better and so that's what God does to us is he he puts us in these places where we feel all torn up and you know if you ever got uh have you ever been roller skating and you haven't done it in years and then the next day you feel like the tin man from the wizard of oz you know and you you try to walk and you just you kind of do this waddling thing cuz you don't want to move your legs if you could help it um we go through experiences that leave us feeling like that sometimes. But in, it's in those places that God gives power to the faint. And he, and he gives strength to those that, that don't have might. And, and, then we, we, and it's not even just about us growing strong in him. I mean, that's, that's grand. But a lot of what it is is changing our, our perspective and changing our vision of what we see. Because we behold Him, and we see the things that He's doing, and it makes all the difference. Uh, so He gives power to the faint, to them that have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Of course, everybody knows that scripture, but it's really encouraging because um, it's the it's the conclusion to what he's saying up here about um, have you not known have you not heard he's like I don't grow faint. weary I don't grow faint he's like so um, you know come wait on me and 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 partake of my nature and let, let's put this in you and and it's and it's a renewable thing to to be renewed and uh um, and that's what God does in our life. So, and I appreciate Him doing it. Uh, I I don't uh, particularly relish difficult things. Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman did this song a long time ago called "Bring It On," and it's a good song, a, a, a bit of bravado, but uh, um, but you know, but he explains he's like I'm not looking for trouble, and I, and I don't want to. I don't want to have these problems for no reason, but uh, but I'm not going to run from them either, because because God makes me strong in these things and, and teaches me to trust Him. Um. So, um, I don't know that I quite uh, have the bring it on attitude yet, but uh, um, but uh, as I'm so fond of saying, God puts us in places where we really can't back out, we really couldn't move. Away from uh, the thing that we're that we're in the middle of, um, and and it gets done in our life what he wants to get done. Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us, uh, God, for your glory and your goodness, God, uh, your.
strength and might. God is the the thing that we um, look to today. God, to to be our strength, Lord. And we just pray that you would elevate our eyes to you, Amen. God, to to behold you and uh, to see you uh, above uh, everything that we uh, are dealing with, everything that we see around us, God, that, that we would see you. God, just like um, in Hebrews um, where, where he says, but we see Jesus. Lord, you are that, um, that overcoming uh, power, God, that we are holding to. God, and you have called us to be a part of your victorious army. And God, we, just, we thank you for the things that you're doing in our life. And, and we appreciate uh, your tender, loving care, God, how you bring us through these things, and and uh, how you nurture us and you um, you strengthen us and build character in us, God, at the same time. And we appreciate it, Jesus. And we just pray that today you would do in us as only you could, God, in this place, that your presence would accomplish uh, what you have set forth, and that your Spirit would do as only you can. In your name, we pray. Amen. Amen.